Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. My name's Chris. I'm the pastor here at Life Fellowship Church. I'm so glad that you've chose to join with us here today. Every Wednesday, we uh, send out a brand new podcast, and we just really pray that you're encouraged, that you learn something, that you grow in your walk with God. And, and there's many weeks we talk about leadership, we talk about life, we talk about practical areas that can help you as a Christ follower. Today, though, is the second installment of our uh, recap of this amazing trip that we just got back from uh, from South Asia, and God did more than we could have ever dreamed possible. I mean, God blew away our, our expectations. And today I want to talk to you about uh, Bangladesh. So I've got some, uh, some friends with me again this week. Uh, before I introduce them, Actually, uh, let me just start off right, right off the bat. First of all, we have uh, Pastor Stefan with us. Hello, everybody. And then Eric Marsh. Hello. And my son, Nash Lindbergh. Hey, guys. Weighing in at 168 pounds. <laughs> How much do you weigh? I don't know, 170. Do you really? You weigh 170? I haven't weighed myself. Okay. Do you think you weigh more or less after your trip to India and Bangladesh? Probably a little more. Oh, you do? We ate a lot of rice okay. and carbs. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know what to eat. So the safest thing is to eat some rice and, and some bread because you know that. But we drank a lot of water. Yeah. A lot. So much lot. sweat. And we sweat so much. <laughs> and that's the topic of Bangladesh. Uh, really, this is a very short podcast because Bangladesh is, we we just sweat a, a whole lot. <laughs> um. Let me tell you a little bit of um, how this story came about, Bangladesh. Uh, we were actually supposed to go to Sri Lanka. And if you have done any research, you'll find that that nation is self-imploding on itself because of some really bad decisions in leadership. And never, never forget, everything rises and falls on leadership. So if you have bad leadership, you're going to get problems in a nation or a company or in your family or church or whatever. So... Uh, it became actually very, very dangerous for us to go there. We wouldn't have been able to do any ministry. They're, they have no power or food or gas gas or any of that. So six weeks before we were supposed to fly out, we made the change and said, can we go to Bangladesh? And the nation opened themselves up to us. Now, the nation is only one-third of 1% one Christian. 160 million people that live in this nation. And the land mass is the same size as the state of Arkansas. That's crazy to me. <clears throat> and two-thirds of the, of the land is actually flooded, like two or three months of the year. So it's yeah. like land you really can't even live on. And, and so the, the nation is congested like, like none else. And so God opened a great door of opportunity for us. And so we got there, um, and we got to meet with the general superintendent of the AG of, of Bangladesh and to be with him. And uh, we had four things that we wanted to do. Number one, we wanted to strengthen business leaders. We wanted to train up the pastors, and we wanted to minister to the people. 
and then have a strategy for the future of how we're going to continue to impact this nation of Bangladesh. And uh, most of our time that was there was spent training up these pastors. 550 pastors came, uh, and leaders. Some of them were youth pastors as well. Uh, Stefan, you remember walking into that building for the very first... Actually, what was the traffic like to you in, in Bangladesh? Uh, <clears throat> when you said that most of the time we ministered there to the people, I saw it. <laughs> Most of the time, I was in traffic. <laughs> so it's not 100%, sweating. It's not hundred percent true, but that is how it felt because we were. We saw it. Nah, uh, I think well, how how far was it away from the airport and the hotel where we had to go to? What do you think? It's hard for me to guess. Yeah, I, twenty I'll, miles. Well, I, I made that trip a few times. Um, but um, <laughs> you think twenty miles? What, what do you think? Oh no, no. no. I, I would, I would guess you know six or seven miles. Yeah. and it and, takes an hour and, and a half. And it takes an hour and a half. No, no, for the, sure. But the, when we from the airport, I think we were almost two hours there. Yeah, yeah, two, two hours, two and a half hours, two and a half hours on the street, and we said, "What's going on here?" So they said that the average speed there on the normal street is four miles per hour. When you think four <laughs> miles per hour, what, what what is this? It's not that they that they no, say that's uh, how so fast you can either go. walk and be drenched in sweat, or travel four miles an hour and have some air conditioning. Yeah, people were passing us, going, yeah. walking. Well, it's yeah, quicker. rickshaws were passing us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, you know what, uh, what is a rickshaw? What is a rickshaw? Yeah. It's a uh, it's a, a bicycle that's attached to a cart where it hauls a person around. And um, and Stefan later on will probably tell you about that he he helped a rickshaw rider uh, you know, <laughs> out by by borrowing his rickshaw anyway um, and he drove the rickshaw driver he around did. he pedaled <laughs> he, he yeah, I'm sure our insurance really covers that but but anyway I've never been stared at more than I was in Bangladesh yeah, yeah. I think the part the one part I would add to the introduction is is that. Bangladesh is 99% Muslim. So it is a Muslim country. And although, um, although they were receptive to, to us as Christians, they definitely um, have not seen a lot of Christians. And they, they don't really, um, they're, they're open, the government is open to, to Christianity, but really don't want it expanded. And the other thing I would tell you, as we talked about traffic, is Dhaka is one of the largest cities in the world. Um, 25 million people, and like Pastor Chris said, in a really small area. But 25 million people, think about that. That's, that's you know, kind of double New York, New York City. And the traffic is, 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 is horrendous. insane. It's horrendous, yeah. It really is. You get in a bad attitude. You think 75 is bad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 75 is like kindergarten child's play. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's uh it's unbelievable. But you know, the people there that do come to Christ are all in for Christ. And that's the thing we saw. Um, because to to make that sacrifice to go from being a Muslim to becoming a Christian, you you give up everything for that. Mm -hmm. And the price that they have to pay to serve Jesus Christ is 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 unbelievable compared to you know our last trip to like in mm -hmm. India, the Hindus. It's it's more it's easier for a Hindu to co come to Christ, but to give up um, 
you know, and like you'll get fired. Oh, you'll get fired. Mm -hmm. Your your family disowns you. Yeah, you know. Now that happens in the Hindu too, but 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 the, really in the Muslim, but the Muslim even worse. Man, they, mm -hmm. And there, uh, it seems like there's there, the difference between India and Bangladesh. It, it seems like uh, Bangladesh it's very harsh. I don't know how else to describe it. Like the people very, yep. And that and it's not that they're being they're trying to be rude or whatever. It's just their personality is very. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys felt that too. Yeah. Let, yeah. let me refast tell something again to traffic. Traffic is here. <laughs> wait, wait. Traffic because you have so many people there. And um, I talked with a missionary there and he said, when you see all the people, don't only see the traffic. Think that almost everybody what you see here, because that's why you have so, so much traffic because so many people live lives there. That all the people what you see there. You're the They're only all Christian. Lost. Yeah. You're the only Christian. You're the only Christian who is there. When you look, when you look around there, usually everybody what you see is lost, and that is when you see the traffic as well, where you are stuck into this. Where you see this, you see it with a whole different picture. Mm -hmm. You see the lost people, and you see the faces. What Pastor Chris said is where they started too hard, and I thought it's so interesting that in India the people look scared, and in in Bangladesh, they all looked so hardened up. They were so hardened up. Yeah. Remember what we felt like before we get into this when we first got off the airplane in Dhaka? Yeah. And we stepped out? Like, I felt like I was on high alert. Yeah. I felt like I was in like a, a Jack Bauer, 24 hour, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, you just, I mean, everybody is, is Muslim. And, you know, the Muslims, they believe that if you kill a Christian, like, the extremists, yeah, the yeah. extremists. They they believe, and they were they were telling us stories about how people would do that there. Uh, like you get more wives in heaven. You even saw a guy there that had four wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they allow multiple wives. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a it's a different culture, and um, but yet at the same time, there's so much opportunity there. Um, so and and you know, there there the economy is actually pretty good. It's uh, driven by textile. You know, if, if you're wearing a pair of Levi's, it's probably made in Bangladesh. If you're wearing Coach, it's probably made in Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, All my H&M guys out there in Old Navy, yep. a lot of it's Bangladesh. Yep, that's right. That's right. And those people are paid less than a, a dollar a day. Uh, to, the number that we heard was 72 cents a day um, to, to make those jeans. So. so they make 72 cents a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, but their employment rate is much higher than India. Oh yeah, their their employment. I mean, there's only two or three percent unemployment in in Bangladesh. Everybody works, um, so it's very little. But you brought out a great point. There's a lot of people that are employed, but there's a but even more so are un underemployed. Underemployed, sure, yeah. sure. But everybody everybody there, it's a pretty pretty tight you know culture of of work. You either work, or you don't eat, and so it's a. Um, it's different. Um, and like you said, it's hard and they're hard on people. So, um, you, everybody works and, and they work long hours. Those shops would be open oh, yeah. almost, you know, they'd be open you know, 15, 16 hours a day. They would be open till midnight and then they would open back up at six o'clock, you know, just, just to do it again. And they're thankful that they have a job. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now we got an opportunity to be immersed in the culture of, uh, the Bengalis and uh, the believers, these pastors and the the believers that we met in these churches, 
and even the business leader, um, some of the most precious people that you'll ever meet. I mean, you think about it. The, they've given up everything, everything for the gospel. And remember that, I mean, we're sitting in service. Here we are as Americans. We are all, there, here's us four guys, we're sitting there, and we are sweating, like nonstop sweating. Yeah, no air conditioning. No air conditioning. <laughs> think about, uh, th- think about um, 100 degrees with a heat index, maybe about 120, with 100% humidity. Just, just think about the most miserable condition you can think of. <laughs> uh, and we are all packed into a church yeah. with 550 people, and we're trying to worship in, uh, in another language, and I'm just trying to stay focused on the Lord for a little bit and because and, it's not my language. And all these people just passionate, just smiles on their faces. The music was difficult <laughs> at times, but God doesn't listen to the music. He listens to the heart. Yeah, and they celebrate. And they, they celebrate. They yeah. dance, they they spin around. They they really worship hard, and um, and that's so the part inspired I me. Very oh, expressive. Yeah, yeah very yeah. expressive. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, the, the they 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 were they were absolutely incredible. Now the we did the pastors conference had about five hundred fifty. Now here's the interesting thing on, on both India and in Bangladesh, uh, those of you that are part of Life Fellowship, you you have a, a part of that heavenly reward because. Um, you as as the church, you guys helped sponsor all of this ministry and everything that took place there. And these pastors, they came, and so some of them came from the uh, from the hills. Mm-hmm. They would have to. Some of them, I found out, they traveled a day and a half. They would walk. They would find. They would catch rides to get to the bus stop. When they got to the bus stop, that's when we paid for their ticket. But these guys, they trudged through who knows what, sleeping under trees or doing whatever. Some of the guys that live way in the yeah. unreached areas walking through the flooded land to get to these conference to get yeah. to this conference and they showed up and they were so hungry they started the conference at six in the morning every day with two hours of prayer think about that i mean that i mean that that's amazing to me and when it was raining so the street was usually then flooded it was almost knee high yeah and he said man the people had to walk through this. The people, uh, they they didn't really mind to put like any kind of uh, of problematic for them or sacrifice simply to be there. And I think that is was for me really interesting to, to see this at the pastors. They were open. They were open to receive. Yeah. They wanted to learn. They they, and they were hungry for a fresh and new vision. And I, uh, I believe that it really home to uh, for them when. Uh, Pastor Chris started with the first message when he spoke about vision. I saw there people's eyes there from from the pastors. They they were open, simply wide, uh, when they when they heard this and that they believed in a fresh and new way that God has a good vision. For See them. what we what we brought when we taught. They, they they've not been around. I remember I had one guy. He told me in Bangladesh. I taught on leadership, and Eric, you mm-hmm. tag team with me on this one. Yep. And he told me he said he was probably about. 45, 50 years old, he said, I've never been taught on leadership in my life. He said, what you just taught, he said, I've never heard this. He said, this is the most incredible thing ever. And I'm thinking, what a shame that he's never been taught on, on leadership. But then I thought, mm-hmm. what an incredible opportunity that we've had to, to be able to pour into his life. Yeah, 
That's 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 really true. We we worded it like this. I, I gave the analogy because the trains are everywhere in in Bangladesh, and you'll see these trains there, where everyone sits on top of the train. Like there's more people. The train's full. The train the is bottom. packed, and so yeah. they're all on top. And that's what Bangladesh is is kind of known for these these trains like this. So I gave the analogy that your vision is like the the locomotive of a train. And man, there's something. You, and that's great, but if you don't have a team, the team is like the track. You need to have the track that, yep. that, that or else your train's just going to sit there. You can have all the vision you want, but your team's the one that makes it happen. Uh, but then you need fuel for that. And that is the, the ministry world working with the marketplace world, and we bridge the gap together. And when the pastor saw that, like when you and I spoke on uh, ministry in the marketplace, yep. Remember, you and I, we stood on the platform together. We tag-teamed. Yep. Yeah. It was an eye-opening for them. It, 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 was, it was good because we talked about how to build teams and how important it is to, to have teams that are diverse in nature, you know, with their skill sets, and be able to, to have a team because one person can do the work of one man. But if you had eight people, you know, on the, on the team, you, now you've got eight people working. And if they have direct reports now, it's a multiple of that and a multiple of that. And so building the team, and we talked a lot about how could they build teams to, to go out and reach more, more people, do more things in their, in their church, wherever, wherever they uh, pastored. And I think, I think that hit home for them. Um, you know, they, they're, they're used to having kind of be, being the only person in the church, and they were relegated to be, you know, the holy man. And he was that you could only be one person. Well, it's the holy man syndrome. Yeah, where yeah. you have to do everything. You have and to if do you're doing everything, everything. You're not doing much. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, so I think the the whole concept of building teams was 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 new to them, and and I think it'll hopefully you know expand their churches. I had a number of guys that came to me and said that the sessions talking about how do how do we build team, how do we value? See, they told me they said we don't value the business leaders. Yeah, the pastors don't. They almost look down on them because a lot of times business leaders are um, they don't operate in integrity. Mm-hmm. They don't have a, a lot of values. That there's a lot of um, bribery and uh, people are dubious um, when it comes to the business transactions. So th- there's not a ton of value that is placed on the marketplace leader. And one of the great things I think happened in this in this time is that we showed you and I, Eric, we, we were on the stage together talking about how I got your back and you got my back and that we honor each other. And we do the same thing with all the, the marketplace leaders in our church. Yeah, and, and just as practical as, as we encourage them to go meet with their business unit leaders uh, in, in, their, in their area, in their church, go have lunch with them, get to know them, and ask how they can pray for, for that that business to to expand. The reason it's so important that these businesses expand is is that in a in a culture where you know the Christian faith is is less than one percent of the population, what happens is is the the Muslims tend to you know um, discount them. They they won't allow their business to to succeed. Um, you know, like in every every business, you would like to be able to sell your goods to everybody in the in the city. Mm-hmm. Well, if if they find out you're a Christian, 
more than likely, they don't really want to do business with you. So it's more difficult. So it's really important that the pastors and the, and the business leaders get together in the power of agreement and pray to break through some of these things. There's some great examples. The coffee shop that we went to, what was it called? North End? Yep. Yeah. It's, a, it's run by a Christian guy, and um, he blends coffee. Um, my wife and I have been enjoying it since we got back. It's, it's, it's phenomenal coffee. But he, he, he roasts coffee, blends it, and he's a Christian, a Christian uh, leader. And, and, and the thing is, he has a product that everybody wants, and so he is being successful. And so even though he's Christian, and, and probably a lot of people know that, he um, is successful because of, of the quality of what he's producing. And, um, and so I think that's the angle um, that people need to pray to break through some of this stuff to where they don't think about it as Christian and Muslim. They just think about, I'm buying the quality you know, product you know, that I can. And this guy, his stuff is being put in the top tier uh, hotels. Oh, like yeah. the best of the best hotels in all of Dhaka use this guy's product. And they don't even know that he's a believer. And that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I think it's just so important that we as pastors, uh, that we resource the marketplace leaders and vice versa, that marketplace leaders resource uh, the ministry. And it's, we said it over and over that we're not in competition with each other. We are to uh, complement each other. Mm -hmm. And I had guys come up to me and tell me that was that broke the mold of how they how they view things. And I remember I told them, I said, you know, maybe your marketplace leaders own a farm. Maybe they raise chickens. Because some of the people, they, they bring their tithe in eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or in fruit or, or what have you. That's fine. Thank goodness, start with where you're at, and maybe God's going to expand your chicken, you know, farm from 10 chickens to 1,000 chickens or, be, or beyond. And you just have no idea what God can do. Uh, you guys remember it was on night number one when we got there. I had brought all the pastors up. I asked for the senior pastors. We talked about pra- uh, dreams. And we were finishing up praying for them. And I was towards the back, and I heard the stillest, smallest voice on the inside of me. It was so small. And I just heard him say, pray for the sick. And he gave me some specific things that we were to pray for. And it was so small that I almost thought, that's just you, Chris, making that up. You know, I'm going to tell you that when God speaks to you, it'll seem so natural, but it's not natural. It's something supernatural. And so I stepped out on that. You guys remember, yeah. and they were starting mm-hmm. to try to close the service down and I, I had to push past people. I ran up there, I grabbed the mic and I said, this is what I feel like God's asking. So now I'm bold, even though I think it's just a whisper. I said, if, if you need a healing in your body and this, this, and this, how many of you need that? And hands went up everywhere. And I said, get on down here. They came, they came down. And I said, how many of you guys want to see a miracle happen tonight? And now the place is going. And that's how you reach the, the Muslim community, when they see miracles happen. Mm-hmm. And all of us started praying for folks. And we went to the first person. We prayed for them. Boom, power of God hits them. I bring them up on the platform. And we, we give testimony of what God did. And the place goes crazy. We do it again and again. Nash, there was that one guy you prayed for, could yeah. not sit. Yeah. Pain all in his back. It was an older, older gentleman. Yeah. He had he couldn't, yeah, sit down. Yeah. He didn't speak any English. So I just went over and prayed with him. And then I we somehow communicated, he somehow communicated to me that he had no more pain. 
and he just had tears coming down his face. Everywhere. They wouldn't stop. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, tears were everywhere. It was the most amazing thing. We probably had that night, what do you think, 20 people get healed? 15, oh, yeah. 20? I, I, I think so for sure. You know, I think you called out like shoulders or something like that. Uh-huh. And and you said, you said, if you got a shoulder problem, and there was all kinds of people with shoulder problems. And and I remember praying for a number of people that you would you would you would allow the Holy Spirit to work through them, and you would say, okay, now we got to move this arm around. Let's 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 get this arm moving. How's your pain? What's your pain level? You know, and and all of a sudden, you know, one guy would just say, I I have no pain. You, you remember the shock on their face? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like, oh my goodness, and he's moving it up and down. I couldn't touch the back of. My, I couldn't do any of those. Remember that guy you prayed for? Yeah. God healed him like that. Yeah, and and he could touch the back of his neck. And he's like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> but there were so many that happened like right in a row, and there was like three or four in a row that had shoulder Just issues. Boom, 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 boom. boom. And, it was easy, and, and it was it, it was, was as easy. simple to get somebody healed as it was to get them saved in America. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. As easy it is in America to go, would you like to give your heart to the Lord? And people's hands go up everywhere and they want to submit. <clears throat> it was that simple to get people healed there in mm-hmm. Bangladesh and India. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that night, who told me this, that there were somebody that gave their heart to the Lord that night? Was it you, Stefan? Yeah. yeah. A Muslim. I was, <clears throat> I was as well surprised because uh, there was like the first night was as well from the pastor's conference, but that opens us up to the public that everybody could come. Yeah, that's right. And the, I personally got touched by this because I saw, uh, I saw what uh, an honor it is, what a blessing it is that we have a chance to be there and to speak to people and as well ask for <clears throat> salvation. And this was simply they came to, to uh, get prayed for. And I think it was the same thing because they saw miracles and they said, hey, I'm, I, no, I'm not sure what, what I have to do to get saved. And they said, hey, that is that is great. Come on, I help you. <laughs> and I I loved this and I had the chance, really the the opportunity and the blessing to to pray them and lead them to the Lord. You know, following up on on that, I think it was the second day, and you had taught on the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in a couple sessions, and in that evening we asked for um, you you had prayer for those to receive mm-hmm. the gift of the tongues yeah. and the infilling of, of the Holy Spirit. And what I would tell you is we saw a vast majority, if not 70 or 80% of the people, have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so many people we would be praying for, and they would immediately get tongues, and they begin to speak in mm-hmm. tongues. And the the Holy Spirit had had probably been there with them all along but had never really been activated you know and so we had so many people receive the gift of of tongues and the gift of of the holy spirit and and to me that that really stood out too that was a that was a great night to see how many people had it it was incredible i think there was about 100 people that came down to be to be prayed for my guess was that there was about five or six that did not receive that night out of the hundred, yep, I would, I would agree. I mean, it, and you think about that. that these people are now going to go all over Bangladesh, mm-hmm. and Jesus said, "Don't you go anywhere until you get the Holy Spirit come upon you." That's right. Think about what's going to happen. I mean, I asked the guys. I said, "Do you all have services like this typically?" And they're <clears> like, "No, we don't typically have services like this." And to see miracles happening like that, and the infilling, 
And then the very last night of the pastor's conference, I promised them, every one of you, we will lay hands on you. And there's so many people. It is so hot. Uh, <laughs> Easily and, 600 men. Yeah, yeah. No, 600. Yeah. yeah. And, and how many, how many were, were actually slain in the spirit? Yeah. And um, as, as we all laid hands on people, they received the power, the God power yeah. of God. The Holy Spirit just came in such a big way that the man would, would go down. Yeah. And, and there was a time when I remember looking around and there's seven <laughs> or eight bodies <laughs> on the ground and these <laughs> people are just being blessed by the Holy Spirit and just filled to a point where they can't, they can't take it. And they, you know, people have asked me, okay, well, tell me about this, you know, when people fall down in the presence of God. What, what's, that, what's that all about? The best way I know how to describe it is what would happen if you came and you put your finger in a light socket? Uh-huh. You Boom, you'd hit the ground. Well, that's because you connected into something that's powerful. Imagine if you got really connected in with God. If you touched, if you, if, if that power of God touched you, your, your physical, that's one of the reasons why we need a new body someday. Because this physical body cannot handle the fullness of the yep. power of God. And so sometimes, <laughs> well, that's, I've had it happen to me. We're just boom. You're, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it it's it talks about it in the Bible. Laying on of hands mm-hmm. is is a very important part of being a Christian because it allows the Holy Spirit to flow through the person's you know hand onto that person, and sometimes it just gives them such a a big shot of the Holy Spirit that they begin gifts to, are released. They are ministry is released. Absolutely. You know, Paul said it's an elementary principle. Yeah. So in other words, this is elementary stuff. It's not even junior high. It's not even high school. It's yep. not even you know graduate school. It's elementary yep uh but bangladesh the people there they they so inspired us i mean all of us uh, the resilience i saw the opportunity as well with the pastors there they came hungry and uh they came hungry they were willing to sacrifice and simply to come and to listen because i thought they're uh, they were like minimal equipped Lots of the pastors were minimal equipped, and that is the reason that they were so hungry that there was like a partition take place, that, uh, that there was teaching, and they, they wanted to receive. They wanted to bring something different back to their churches, and I think that was for me the, to see this hunger of the pastors to say, I, I want to learn. I want to change something in my church. And, and every, I believe, every state in Bangladesh, which it's a good size country, mm-hmm. every state was, was represented. represented. Yep. And so we influenced basically 100% of the, of the country of, of Bangladesh. It's unbelievable Bangladesh. to think about. Now, one of the things that has been on my bucket list for the longest time got fulfilled when I was in Bangladesh. And that was that I wanted to watch my son preach, preach, a, preach a service, preach a message. And Nash, we went out to that that church. Yep. We had to climb up to the seventh floor, <laughs> and there was no elevator. We walked, you know, and no air conditioning, uh, but we walked all the way up to the top there. And that night, I watched you preach, man, and you killed it. You did an amazing job, and the Lord showed up, and all kinds of things started happening. Mm-hmm. I know the missionary went with us, uh, Dustin, and he said, "Man, I, I don't think I've heard anybody at at your age." preach like you. I mean, I was thinking, man, I wish I could have preached like you could <laughs> preach there at 19. And you got to you got to speak to all the youth pastors and young leaders. Mm-hmm. You probably had 200 people there that were listening to you. Um, 
and you got to preach while you were in, in India as well. And I just want you to know I'm proud of you. You did an amazing job. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you did, you, I mean, and I'm not just saying that because you're my son. I'm saying that because you really did an amazing job. You knocked it out of the park. It was for God, me as God well. God used a, you. It was for me as well a pleasure to see uh, Nash, to see you uh, serving there, the people, loving the people, see your heart, how you prayed with the people. Uh, for me, that was a big pleasure to see this. And as well, when I think about this, to see father and son there, coming and praying for the people, I think that is as well where, when you think the, the whole theme was as well, the next generation, the future generation where it works together with the father and son, I think that was a great example, living example, what you both brought there. Now that's it's life changing. That was for me, I think it was one of the last pictures what I took was you both there in the service and where you praying and where you had the time simply to serve. I think that it was amazing for me and to have the opportunity to see you guys there. Yeah. No, it was. Mm. It, was it was awesome. And I'll tell you one other thing that I would, I would say, as hard as we all worked and... and I mean, we didn't just go and just relax? <laughs> no. <laughs> no vacation. No, there wasn't a minute. <laughs> there was not a, a downtime at all. Day <laughs> that we weren't ministering to people. But anyway, I have to tell you that um, we had a team of five, um, and it was a mighty team, but I haven't laughed that much <laughs> in in because you have to realize that first of all, each country has a different language, yeah. all right, and and if it's Bengali, who knows for right. sure what's what's being said, and we're trying to figure that out. <laughs> and then we got Stefan who who takes his German into 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 the account, <laughs> and and but there were times when. When just no sentences made sense, <laughs> and, and I'm just thankful that God was in the middle of it all because because there was times when they were interpreting what we were saying, and and they just don't have words necessarily to translate, you know, from the English language to it. And so um, I'm just thankful that God could fill in all the all the gaps that probably existed, and and I know that. You know, in certain cases, we would say things that we weren't we weren't supposed to. You know, just like the idea of saying Bangladesh as opposed to Bangladesh. Bangladesh is <laughs> a bang, frog. You're fraud. You steal. Yeah. You're yeah. a thief. <laughs> so, so there would be things like that we would have to learn on the fly. But I, I have to say, I, I really enjoyed being with you guys because I laughed so hard. So many times. We had so much Nash, fun. Nash was just literally cracking up sometimes <laughs> where he couldn't hardly even function. So I grabbed this little Snapchat thing. I don't do Snapchat, but I downloaded it so I can get this one filter on there. It's called the crying filter. And it just turns your face to look like it's crying. If you don't have the Snapchat thing, just get it so you can get that uh, crying thing. <laughs> I did this to these pastors there. They were gut belly laughing everywhere. And <laughs> they don't ever laugh like that. And we did. We were all, Eric, you were almost crying, man, laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was fun just to watch these guys kind of step out of their, uh, you know, uh, out of their regimented uh, pattern of things. And I think that we brought some life to them and, and stretched them, and they stretched us. And we feel like we have brothers and sisters in Christ there in, uh, in, Bengal, in Bangladesh. You know, one last thing I'll, I'll say. And, and that is, and, and Stefan and Ash, you were there at this moment. It was on Sunday morning at that church. It was an English-speaking service. 
And uh, we had been through two weeks of, you know, really all another language or whatever. And it was the very last service that I'll preach while I'm in Bangladesh. And the worship started happening in English. And they started singing about, you know, uh, just songs that we sing here. Uh, the band was great. Yeah. And when they did, I remember hearing the words in English and I started tearing up and I mm -hmm. felt, felt some tears coming down my face. And I started thinking about some of uh, the people that are in our church, or they come from other nations, and you know, they hear people sing in other languages or whatever, but not their home language. And I just thought, I need to do a better job at ministering to and recognizing other nationalities and little things to make people feel like they're at home. Because when you're in another nation and you, you live in that week after week after month after year, just something just matters. I mean, I just heard worship in my language and I just started crying because I haven't heard that in so long. And it was really a special moment. And then at the end of that service, I gave a call for salvation. And I'll never forget it. I'll never, and Stefan, you remember this, man. The second I said, if you would like to give your heart to Jesus, I just started on a salvation call at the very end. The second I did, the call for the Muslim prayer started that the speakers are turned on outside if you've never been to a Muslim uh, nation and they echo it across the entire city. Everyone in the city knows five yeah. times a day it's the call to prayer. And as I'm giving the call to prayer, as I'm giving the call for salvation, this, it just, and it's like the contrast of light versus darkness, this battle for people's mm -hmm. hearts and souls. It was, and that day, about 25 or 30 um, lifted their hand and said, I want to commit my life to Jesus. Now, I don't know if that was a recommitment. My guess is that most of them were recommitment. Uh, but there may have been some in there that was for the first time ever. And I'll never forget that. Like, and the, you know, the thing that I, that I walk away with is that, you know, we, we're there and you see the poverty and what people live in and all that. And we get to come home. Yeah. To America. And, you know, you take a shower, you can open up your mouth and, you can brush your teeth. You can drink water right out of the tap. Mm -hmm. You got refrigerators that are filled with food and AC, air conditioning. You got roads that are not ripped up. Yeah, I mean, I heard birds for the first time mm -hmm. when I was outside. Yeah. I heard birds. I'm like, I, I I didn't hear any birds in in Bangladesh. All I heard was horns and traffic and like there's no peace because there's just people, 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 people. Can can I yeah. piggyback on? on this experience because I saw it as well. It was interesting to see uh, missionaries there. We had like one missionary what we met there, uh, Dustin, and I saw it. Now he chose and he knew that he is called to this country and he left all this, what we have here behind, to serve the people there. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, for me, a touching moment as well to see how much he pulls into this country, puts in this people, how he loves the people, they are unloved, they are in, in the bottom uh, there, in the slums, where he goes and loves them. And, and he pulls out these them. these girls. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like these girls are in the slums and they pull them out at age five and they basically, you live in the slums at night, but you are there in their school and they give you three meals a day. You have a shower, you have education, I mean, all. I mean, they have musical artists. And, oh, clear, clear yeah. into college. Into co yeah. and then they give you a scholarship. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And once they take you in, they are committed to you, mm -hmm. and and you're there. And 
when you're kind of junior high, high school age, they live in a in a um, hostel. They'll take hostel. you in, yeah, yeah right next door, yeah. and and they they really really do a good job, you know, raising up these these young Christians. And you think about it, if there's 25 of them and they can every year put out so many, mm-hmm. you know, eventually those people will bring more and more to the, to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And these girls are becoming nurses and attorneys and architects. Yeah. And- yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and then they have an orphanage that had, what, mm-hmm. 150 people? 100, 140 kids there in an yeah. orphanage. And that was like a nest. You, you were there. Mm-hmm. T- tell us a little bit what you thought when you came there to the orphanage. What was your first impression there? It's hot. <laughs> I think that was the hottest day. No, but the orphanage was great. Um, it was really cool to to meet the missionaries that worked there. It was an older couple, but just to see their dedication. No, they had retired. Mm-hmm. Oh, they retired. They, just, they decided to spend their retirement on the mission field in Bangladesh. Yeah. And that's and and they, everybody else is like, hey, I'm going to retire and I'm going to go Florida, yeah. tour the world or whatever. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to go give the remaining part of our lives to, to the kingdom of God on, yeah. on the mission mm-hmm. field. And, and, and they, to all these kids that you will eventually, hopefully, mm-hmm. bring to yeah. the Lord. It, so was, what, it was really cool because they told us a lot of the pastors that we met were actually from that orphanage. To, so to know that the fruit is real, like what they're doing actually matters and they're making a difference with that orphanage and the kids are being touched by God. This the missionary couple, so they they have uh, like kids and grandkids here in America. So they're spending nine months on a mission field, and they are three months here in America. So when they're the three months in America, usually during Christmas time, they're visiting their grandchildren, and they said, "Hey, but when we come back here in America, we have five grandchildren. But when we come back to Bangladesh, we come to the orphanage, we have 140 grandkids." Mm-hmm. And that is their heart, and that is where you see dedication from miss- missionaries. I got touched by their dedication, yeah. and to say, no matter what the suffering is, if it's where you live or what you do, they they want and that they make this happening. The people they have no hope, living in 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 yeah in in slums where there's never something will change. They show by the grace of God that their life can be changed and they can make impact. And they. The kid starts to dream. Mm-hmm. When I think about somebody who has no education or had no chance at all, they say, "I can be a lawyer." That is God's yeah. grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a, another point just to make: Bangladesh does not have a caste system, and so even the the lowest level of people can raise up. Yep. they they have a chance. Whereas in if India, somebody will just help them. Yeah, that's what they need. They they just need education. And they need some help, and that's what the orphanage is doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of work to still be done in Bangladesh, and one of the ways that we're going to partner with um, the people of uh, of Bangladesh is working with the orphanage and with uh, I forget the name of Utram's this, place. Utram's place mm-hmm. um, with our missionary that is that is there, along with helping raise up a Bible college that. Uh, we really believe we'll have the opportunity to, to produce hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pastors that are willing to give their lives. Like when I say their life, like their actual physical life to advance the gospel in a very um, hostile uh, culture uh, that is very much against the gospel. And we see that there's 
great, great days ahead for the people of, of Bangladesh. Both Bangladesh and India, I've left, I've left part of my heart there. Mm-hmm. I've left part of my yeah. heart in, in, those, in those two nations. And uh, we're going we're gonna to see the gospel advance there. And I'm so thankful um, for all that God did with the business leaders there in Bangladesh. We had a, an incredible session there with these guys, and they're asking to be mentored and to what happened in India. There's hope for South Asia, and uh, I'm thankful that we, as Life Fellowship, we get a, a great part, a great opportunity to be a part of it. And so, everybody, um, there's so much more that we could talk to you about, especially with all of the services and everything that we did while we were there. But kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what took place, and it was unbelievable. It'll mark my life for forever. And if you've never been on a missions trip, you need to go. You need to go. It'll change your life. All right, everybody, hope you all have a great day, and I'll be back next week with Tatum. All right? God bless you all. Bye-bye.